Hi there, I'm Janine, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show Judge Marilyn Atkins. Hi, Marilyn. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful. I was very intrigued by uh, not only your new memoir that's coming out October 9th, but your whole backstory. So let's let's start out talking about your latest m- memoir that's coming out. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Well, I was encouraged to write it by my daughters who said, Ma, you have a good story. You need to be uh, put in a book. And I, of course, was very reluctant to do that for two reasons. One, I didn't think I had a story that was book-worthy. And two, if you're going to do an autobiography, You've got to tell the bad with the good, and I wasn't sure that I wanted to share with the world the bad things that have happened to me uh, in my life. But I got over it, and I started writing it in uh, December 2016. And how does it feel now that you've actually written it? Very good. I am very happy that I wrote it. Very happy. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the book without giving too much away. Well, um, I I thought that uh, I should do it, I should write it in chronological order since it's a life story. So I started out uh, with uh, about my birth and how I came to be adopted by uh, my adoptive parents and uh, growing up in Saginaw, Michigan, and all the things that I went through uh, in that relationship uh, with my mother. And uh, it just and I just carried it through year by year and told the things that happened to me and how they affected my life. Was it hard to share such personal stuff? It was not. Um, in the book, I will I will say this: I had a very tumultuous relationship with my adoptive mother, mm-hmm. and uh, a long time ago, I put that away in the recesses of my mind, and I just, you know, I just, I just kept it there. When I had to pull it out to write the book, I approached it just like, uh, not as if I was experiencing it all over again. It's now I'm telling my story, and this is what I have to do, this is what I have to say, and so I just sat down and did it. It was not traumatic for me to recall uh, bad things that happened. Why do you think that is? Because it is for some people. I think it's because I pretty much uh, resolved a long time ago that I was not going to let it affect my affect my life for the rest of my life. I like that. It's it's interesting how some of us uh, go through very tough times, and they don't let it define us. They 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 just use it to be more determined, and have more grit in life. I end my book with uh, a quote from Maya Angelou. You may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. Love it. Yes. I love that quote. Yes, and that's, that's what I did. Where do you think, as a young woman, you were able to find the strength to be so resilient? Well, I have to say, even though that I had this bad relationship with my adoptive mother, uh, I, I owe her my tenacity. I owe her uh, my uh, my uh, quest for success, and I owe her uh, for my 
basically for my career being what it was because she, you know, I think when somebody says you're never going to amount to anything uh, and they yes. say that over and over again, yes. it's like, I'm going to show you. Oh and gosh. every time, yeah, every time I accomplish something, yeah. I would remind her, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for me and my family. But the bottom line is she really through her negativity and and forcefulness and i you know i would get i would get uh, beatings when i didn't make the honor roll and that'll make you study harder oh, <laughs> so my goodness <laughs> yeah so uh, accomplishing goals always have another one and then you know i had to take care of my family and so i was always looking for a higher level of of income so that i could uh, take care of my my family it is really amazing. I had somebody tell me years ago I wasn't going to get into college, and uh, it was a high school guidance counselor. And I went on to, I, I wasn't a good student, but I, I earned a doctorate at 28. And I, <laughs> I remember, I know, and I, because um, you're reminding me of these things. I, I've had many people, even family, say, you can't do that. You're not good at that. Mm-hmm. That's not for you. And I, it would just make me inside say, well, really, I'm going to go for it anyway. Exactly. Maybe that's that reverse psychology works. Maybe. Because yeah, because she said, Well, with two babies you're never gonna go back to college now and you're never gonna do this and you're never gonna do that and I did it all and more <laughs> and more. You know, it's it's interesting. I um because the name of my show is Get the Funk Out, I'm always fascinated with how people go through really hard times. And they find new opportunities, new things to make them happy, even through this dark time. Right, right. I had a wonderful husband, and uh, I, I, I will tell this little tidbit. He had been a former Roman Catholic priest for 15 years. And uh, it was through his peacefulness, after having a, a grown up with this woman who was just brutal, uh, his peacefulness was was a driving force. I always called him the wind beneath my wings. He would always say, you, "You go do it. You you want to do that?" He was here's the here's the the thing. He was white. He was twenty five years older than me, and he was a former Roman Catholic priest. I'm African American. I was nineteen when we got married, and uh, I was a Catholic girl all my life. And uh, the age and the race difference just made us stronger. Didn't you know? It didn't uh, affect the relationship that we had. Amazing. And he was my driving force. And then we have two wonderful daughters that he was thought he would never have. He thought he would never have children. And uh, all it was just a driving force to keep going and make the very best of myself. Wow. I mean, let's back up a second. You were 19. He was 25 years older. Uh, you're African-American. You know, he's Roman Catholic priest, former priest. What, I mean, people must have been up in arms over this. <laughs> Pretty much. They were. He left the priesthood, and, and I didn't, uh, I, I, I was not the force behind his leaving the priesthood. He had already made up his mind. Uh, he was thinking about leaving at the time that I sat down and I talked to him. To uh, I wanted an open-faced confession. 
that is where you're not in the little black box in the back of the church. Okay. Always scared me. And I said, I, I want to go to confession, but I want to face-to-face. And he said, come to the rectory, which is where priests live, and we'll do that. And so I did. I, I confessed whatever I was confessing at 19. And I don't even remember at this point. And after that, he said, can I talk to you about something that's on my mind? And I said, sure. I'm wondering, you're a priest, you know, you're white, you got it all. What, what, what could you want to talk to little old me about? Exactly. And he, and he confided in me that he'd been considering leaving the priesthood for the past two years. And I said, that's impossible. It's unheard of. And he pulled out all of these papers and articles about this mass exodus of priests in the 60s from the Roman Catholic Church. And I said, I didn't even know it was going on. But I set about Janine to convince him to stay. And I did it for six months. I did it for six months. He moved out of the rectory into the YMCA, and I thought I had failed. And then after he kind of got settled, he called me and asked me to dinner. And I got to know him as not Father Atkins, but as Thomas Lee Atkins, the man. And I fell in love with him, and we got married. Amazing. And had two children. Not in, not quite in that order, but yeah. <laughs> that I'll leave that for your 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 uh, for people to read. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the book, The Triumph of Rosemary. Yes. Uh, what else would you like listeners to know about it? Well, my name is Marilyn Atkins, and I've had some people say, who's Rosemary? (laughs) Rosemary was the name that I was given at birth by my biological mother, who was a young Italian girl who got pregnant by her secret black boyfriend. Wait, 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 let me make sure I got all this. Your Your mom was Italian. Yes. And she um, she had a um, relationship with somebody who's African-American. Yes. Wow. Okay, go ahead. And this is 1946. And she had me, and of course, you know, you got to name your baby, and she named me Rosemary. My name at birth was Rosemary Lupo. And the fight began beca- between her, my birth mother my grandmother and my great-grandmother, and Italians can be very matriarchal. My grandmother said there will be no, and she used the N-word, I I understand, in this family. So I was put in foster care. Six months later, I'm adapted by an African-American couple from uh, from Saginaw. I was born in Detroit. Saginaw is 100 miles away. Okay. And they were looking for um, a, a baby girl to adopt, and they got me. So Rosemary is me, and I say triumph because Rosemary started behind the eight ball, being born out of wedlock, not wanted by the biological family, and then I triumphed because I overcame a lot of this, I, everything, and I became chief judge of one of the major courts in this country. Unbelievable. I mean, did you dream of having this position, or how did that come about? Well, it came about because uh, 
1971, I had this epiphany. I'm looking at my little daughters, and I'm looking at my husband, who's about to be 50 years old. And all of a sudden, I started crunching numbers in my head, and I realized that uh, when it was time for him to retire, it was going to be time for them to go to college. And um, I only had a year of college under my belt before I married and had these two daughters. Mm-hmm. And so I, we made a plan. I said, I got to get back to school. I got to get back, and I got to go now, because in 15 years, these kids are going to be going to college, and you're going to be retiring. Right. And while he said to me, well, I don't have to retire at 65, and I said, yeah, but I want you to be able to have that choice. So we set about a plan, the two of us, to, for me to go back and get an education and work on getting into a field where my, it, it's where my uh, financial status would, the money would increase over the years. Got it. So I did that, and I, uh, I got my BA degree, and then I said, you know, law's not bad. Maybe I'll be a lawyer. So I went into law. <laughs> I wow. went to law school. Amazing. Graduate from law school, and the and the jobs kept coming. I found myself prepared and in the right place at the right time, with the right help of other of, of other people, and the job. Two gubernatorial appointments, and then a, an appointment by a chief judge as a magistrate, and then appointment as a judge to the to the court and then appointed six times chief judge by the uh, Michigan Supreme Court. I'm the longest Whoa. serving chief judge of one of the largest courts in the country and that's 36th district court in Detroit. I have chills. And right I retired now. <laughs> oh, I retired in 2012 after 21 years. Unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. So much to be proud of. My only regret was my my husband got to live to see our daughters both graduate from the University of Michigan. And let me tell you, Janine, just the plan worked because he retired and I uh, paid for two daughters to be at the University of Michigan, basically at the same time because they're only a year apart. Okay. So what we what we set in motion in seventy one, I'm doing in eighty five, eighty six. I'm just and speechless. He, he, yeah, he he got to see them both graduate from University of Michigan. He retired in eighty eight, and he died in nineteen ninety. So uh, he oh, didn't see wow. me become a judge or a chief judge. That's that's one of my one of my regrets. But he did get to see his daughters that he thought he would never have amazing graduate from a top school uh, just uh, it's outstanding do you have pictures of the two of you online somewhere uh they are i have some in the book mm-hmm. and and i think there are some pictures on my daughter's website two sisters writing and publishing they have their own writing and publishing company and i i'm pretty sure they um they have pictures uh, and there are pictures in the book uh, of the two of us. They must be so proud of their parents. 
Yeah, they they are. They they are. And um, in the book, I say a marriage that people said would not last twenty four hours lost lasted twenty four years before he died. Incredible. Mm. Such a story of resilience for you. You know, you got to keep moving. And my takeaway, I want my takeaway to the reader to be for the reader to be listen, any challenges that you face in life, no matter how insurmountable they may seem, just go for it. You got to keep at it. No matter what the world or anybody tells you, you know yourself, you know what you can do. Make a plan, work the plan, and get it done. That's, my, that's what I want people to, to take away from my story. I mean, you, you cultivated this very tough mindset early on, surviving this emotional and physical abuse of your adoptive mother. You just... You know, you don't have any hate in your heart, but you just, I feel like you knew certain people were toxic. I did. I did. And at 10 years old, a child is not supposed to be saying, if a parent kills a child, beats them to death, it must be okay because that kid belongs to the parent. Kids aren't supposed to have, and that was, that was what I figured out. And at 12... I figured out I had to go along to get along with this woman because I knew one of these days I would be away from her. You'd be free. And I got away from her. I would be free, yeah. Yeah. I would be free, right. Did you feel like at 19, obviously you fell in love, but do you feel like that was also an escape? I was looking for peace. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't really call it an escape. I would call it looking for a better life, looking for some peace. Yeah. You know, maybe it was. I I never, in my head, I never used that word escape. Of course not. But but I was certainly looking for um, a life partner that would give me peace. Uh, that I didn't have growing up. My my adoptive father was a beautiful man, wonderful man, but he was so under her control that I it it wouldn't have done any good to say, "Daddy, mommy beat me today." It wouldn't do any good because he first of all she didn't do it around him, and second of all, um, he wouldn't do anything about it anyway. Did he know though? Not really. Um, Did he know how many times, that how brutal she was? No, uh, I didn't tell him. I would just seek solace with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he worked in the, in the foundry. And uh, I got, off, got home from school, and he got home from work at the same time. I see. And I have, a, I have something, I have a, 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 in my book, I said, we would make toast and carol syrup and a cold glass of milk, and I would sit there with him, and we would have lunch together, and I would get my, I would get my peace back, and I say sitting there watching him lick the syrup off his fingers, and and that would get me back to center. Oof. From her, wow. from her. <laughs> I don't even know, you know. I guess back then, you know. There weren't 
as strong of, of the guidelines they have now for adopting children. But if I mean, she did, did you find out later on that she was mentally ill or just she had her own anger issues? No, nobody ever talked about. I knew her dad. Her dad was half black and half Indian, and I knew he was a real tough cookie because she had tuberculosis as a child, and it set her back from graduating from high school two years, and he got tired of it. And as soon as she was able to somewhat get on her feet, he said, you're going to graduation this year. So he made her get out of a sick bed and go, which is which may have been what gave her her, her drive. Maybe. You know, uh, yeah. but no, I never, I never researched it. I just, yeah, I just wanted to, um, no, I, I never did. And, and, and no, no family members ever talked about how they talked about her, but they never talked about how she may have a mental problem. Yeah. She was also a hoarder, Janine, and that oh. is reflective of something yes. that's going on, yes. isn't it? It sure is. You know, it's, a, it's funny, um, I didn't have a good relationship with my own mother, and sometimes I feel like um, if I share stuff, people might feel like they feel bad for my mother. And yeah, there's part of me now that I'm older, I I do, but I also feel worse for myself (laughs) because, you know, the kids have it really tough, you know, and that's, now that I'm a mom, I I feel like... uh, I gave them everything I didn't have, and I would never lay a finger on them. I didn't believe mm-hmm. in physical abuse, and I stuck to that, and I'm proud. Me too. Me too. And I, I, I took the time to read what you wrote about your dad, and it looked like it would look like our relationships with our parents mm-hmm. were just the opposite. Um, it was your. Uh, you, well, you you had no. I'm sorry. It was the same. It was exactly you had, yeah. the same. Yeah, that's what that's I'm right. blown that's away right. talking to you because I um yeah I moved in with my dad at 16. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um yeah it was very very tumultuous and um I, but I don't know something inside of me just said just keep going, just you know even if people knock you down just you can do this you're gonna just prove that's that person it. wrong and and I'm thankful I. I wrote something one time about rejection that you sometimes rejection just has a way of making you stronger. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's what happened to, uh, to me as well. It was from my dad that I heard the words, I love you. I never heard them from, from her. Mm -hmm. It was, have you, have you studied your piano? Have you, you know, studied your, your, your homework? Yeah. Um, it was, it was all for show. I had to be the perfect the perfect child, and it was all for show. And I and I tell in my book that at night, you know, as a kid, I would go to kiss my mother goodnight, and she would move her face mm-hmm. away from my my lips, and she would say, "Did you practice the piano today?" And uh, I said, "Yes." Did you study hard in school today? I said, "Yes." And then she would move so I could kiss her goodnight. My dad just let me kiss him goodnight, you, you know? Yeah, sure. I understand. <laughs> no it was, questions, no conditions. No conditions. There's conditional love versus unconditional love. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Did you ever have a desire to look to find your biological parents? I did, and I did. I tried one time in 1988. 
uh, I'm living in, in, in the Detroit area, and uh, I got a post office box. And at that time, you know, you couldn't go online and find anybody. You had to use phone books. I found all of the phone books for Detroit and um, the surrounding suburbs, and I looked up all the lupos. And I wrote them all a letter. I got, like I said, I got a post office box. And I wrote them all a letter, told them what I was doing. There were a few numbers, phone numbers in the uh, phone book where there were no addresses. And lo and behold, one of those names was Rosemary Lupo. And I said, do I dare call? And I did call. And I introduced myself as Marilyn Atkins, and I said, but at birth I was named Rosemary Lupo, and I'm looking for my birth mother. She said to me, this voice, this woman's voice on the other end, don't ever call here again. And she hung up. And she hung up. Uh. I told my husband, and he said, call her tomorrow. (laughs) Call her back. I did. And the number was disconnected. Now, I'm not saying that was her, yeah. but it's sure it may have been. Oh, of course. So, I'm, what am I? I'm in my 40s? Mm-hmm. Well, was I? 80. And, uh, hey, it's still there. You're, you're still not wanted, so I never tried again. Ouch. That's, that had to be painful. Well, I don't eat Italian food. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! That, that's that's my hair. That's that's my get back. I don't need spaghetti. So there. <laughs> <laughs> See, right. that's why you have so much resilience because you have a sense of humor, <laughs> right? Yes, I do. You do. You, you, you gotta laugh at this stuff sometimes. You, otherwise, you, you know, you might cry. Oh, I know. I I agree with you. I completely agree. So, where can people find out more about you? Um, I don't have anything online about myself. I never did social media because I was a judge. And one of the jobs of a judge is to put people in jail. Mm -hmm. I really don't want people that I've put in jail to find me. Yeah, of course. (laughs) To find me. So everything about me, you have to find out through uh, the website of my kids. Uh, two sisters writing and publishing, or Atkins and Greenspan writing dot com. Okay, perfect. And I put all your info on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow dot kuci dot org. I, you know what? I've interviewed hundreds of people, and I you're one of the first where s- there are a lot of similarities. I mean, I'm, I wasn't adopted, and um, but just your whole story of how you you just stayed focused and believed in yourself and stayed strong is beautiful thank you thank you so we have to wrap up i want to thank you so much is there any last bit of info or advice or anything you'd like to share with the listeners no i hope um i hope people get the book i hope they read it and i hope they i hope they just come away and say i can do this whatever i whatever i want to do i can do it no matter what obstacles are in front of me. That's the most important thing to me. That's my, that's the message. That I can do it. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Well, if you ever come out to California, 
I would love to meet you in person. I would love that. I really enjoyed I this. Love that. And congratulations on your book. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a wonderful uh, time spent with you. I really appreciate it, Janine. Well, it's been my pleasure, actually. So thank you so much, Marilyn. You're welcome. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.